we're, we're together again. We're back. <laughs> and better than ever. And we hope that you guys are all doing really well. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, only some of you. 95% of you. <laughs> the other 5% that are, like, judging us. No one's listening. <laughs> Nobody's listening to us. <laughs> yeah, they are. No, I know. We're so famous. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, we're back. We have a nice spooky episode because it is... October. Spooky season. Yeah. On the best time of the year. So we planned to read some more creepypastas, and we're really heckin' excited about it. Yeah, I wish I was eating pasta. I, oh my god, I ate so much pasta in Italy. Oh my god, I bet. Oh it was like god. fresh pasta. Yeah, like homemade oh, pasta. Oh, and then like Italian wine. Oh, you don't get a hangover. You don't? No, because they don't put sulfates in their wine. Sulfites? Sulfates? Sulfates, I think, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but they don't put something in their wine that we put in our wine. So we would wake up and be like, we drink like a lot of wine and none of us feel hungover. Whereas like third, I come back and I drank on Tuesday night and I had some wine and I woke up and I was like, my head fucking hurts. I was like, fuck America. I was drinking limoncello too. Uh, oh. I ooh, love no, limoncello. <laughs> <laughs> my new cocktail when I go out oh, God. is limoncello and soda water. <laughs> You sound like a like an old housewife. I mean, that's my Give goal. Give me my lemons, my lemoncello, and my... Bring me my damn lemoncello. <laughs> and they do... Oh, boy, do they. So good. I brought home three things of lemoncello from the Amalfi Coast. I know. One of them's lemoncello. One of them is pistachio flavored. Mm. The other one's coconut. Oh, I think... Oh, yeah, that, okay. <laughs> I don't fuck with that. I, I fuck with that. Pistachio, I don't know. That's interesting. It's really good. <laughs> Trust and believe. Okay. I like pistachio gelato, so. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, did you have gelato? Yes, yeah, it was amazing. gelato. It was so good. <laughs> we went to this town, San Germano, and it was like this old medieval town. And they had the best gelato in the entire world. I think about it every day. Mm. I think about that and I think about this lasagna that I had in Tuscany. Oh. I just need it. <laughs> but I'm on a diet right now because I ate so much food. Um, I, but, but I mean, when you go abroad, you have to. Yeah, when you, you have to anywhere, experience. Right? The f- you're not going to be used to be like, I'll have a bowl of lettuce, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I used to be like that. Like if I go on vacation, I wouldn't eat the food. Because I was like, I don't want to gain weight. But I'm like, bring on the pasta. Yeah, because you don't have an eating disorder anymore. Exactly. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> and God bless Italy. Mm-hmm. God bless everyone. God bless you and God bless me. There's a big spider outside Taylor's window. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> absurd. It's beautiful. It's really big. I want to hold it in my hand. I want to hold your hand. Okay. Um, what else do... We, oh, I wanted to ask you how Oktoberfest was. Uh, Oktoberfest was a life-changing experience. <laughs> <laughs> more, more or less than Auschwitz. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that... I mean... Less, so Oktoberfest, it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, we all wore like our little Dirndls and Lederhausen outfits. And I saw at 8 o'clock in the morning while I was having coffee with my mom across the street in a little like ATM vestibule, a man in Lederhausen stumbled in there hol- holding hands with this tall, her hair was in like a black bob um her dress was skin tight went just below her buttocks oh (laughs) i really wanted to say the word buttocks (laughs) and they stumbled in there and he's trying so hard to get money out of the atm and i'm like that's a fucking hooker he got a hooker because we were staying on a block with a bunch of strip clubs so he must have went after hours because Oktoberfest actually closes pretty early so he must have stayed out later and went to one of the strip clubs until 8 in the morning, found a hooker, trying to get money out. And then, like, her pimp had to come help him try and get money out. Then he finally did. And this was, like, a 10-minute ordeal. And then as soon as he got the money out, the lady grabbed his hand, and they walked down the street together. Oh, my. I know. Life Why wouldn't you just go to the red light district? In Amsterdam? Yeah. Oh, because... 
<laughs> I think I mean, we essentially wanted... were in the red light district of uh, Munich, Germany. <laughs> we were literally so many strip clubs. Uh, we were. That's. A, that's... <laughs> I know. So I'm like, I'm not walking out here by myself at night. Mm-mm. But October felt. felt... <laughs> Octoberfest. <laughs> what are words? Uh, was awesome. They have so many carnival rides. And I just kept thinking, like, walking through it, like, I want to go back here with my friends. Mm. It would be so cool. I mean, obviously, it was fun in and of itself with my family, but it's something cool that you could do with your friends. Because then they have all these rides, and they have these tents, and they have these great food. And, like, a big sign of beer. Like, I'm sure you saw pictures I posted, like, those big beers that we were drinking. I'm not a beer drinker, so I mix half and half. It was half beer, half lemonade. So it tastes like a shandy. Um, they're only like 10, 11 bucks. Oh, it's not bad. It's not. Cause that, that lasts you a long fucking time. Yeah. And then you just have the time of your life and you're dressed like a fucking <laughs> German. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great time. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How was your time? Uh, without you? Yes. It was fine. It just, it felt like you were gone for forever. I know. Like it felt like. I don't know. Just the length of time normally, what it feels like between podcasts, feels like three days. Yeah. Where this time it felt like weeks in between. (laughs) I was like, what's going on? What's time? And then now it's like, it's fall, so, you know, it's darker earlier. Yeah. And every time it gets dark, I'm like, oh, it's like 10 o'clock. I gotta get ready for bed. Like, I gotta get washed up. I'm tired. And I'm like, nope. It's like... 7 o'clock, 7.30. Life is hard in the fall. Yeah. Because you like, I sleep with my window open now and the fan on, so I'm freezing. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> I like it a little cool, but... I love it to be freezing cold and like have all these blankets on top of me and I cuddle with my stuffed animal. Help me, I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat, it's an orange cat. <laughs> and I have a beagle I cuddle with too. <laughs> A beagle or a beetle? Beagle. Oh, okay. I wouldn't cuddle with a beetle. No. Unless it was what if Sean it was Lennon. like? Oh, <laughs> I was going to say Paul McCartney. Oh, stop. Ringo. Ringo Starr for the win, actually. Who's the other? Oh, George Harrison. <laughs> oh, who's that other one? I would cuddle with any of the Beatles, to be honest. Well, B-O. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Oh, oh, people, have you missed us? Because wasn't it hard to record by yourself? I well, I just rambled pretty mm-hmm. much the whole time, so I actually didn't mind it because I was like, "This is a little bit easier than YouTube because nobody can see me." I was literally laying right there oh, underneath yeah. the covers, and I was just like this into my phone. Was that like, was me when I did mine too, <laughs> just holding my phone. I'm just like, ah. but then you notice, I notice how many times I say like and um, yes, because it's just me. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, "Oh uh, wait," because uh, you don't want to just be like dead air. Exactly. So like you, uh... that's what you said. In both in yours, you were like, "Where are you stopping?" In mine, I was like, "I miss you, Taylor." <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking to each other. <laughs> it was hard for me. I know. I was like, "What if any? Like, what if one of us had to move away? Like, how would we do a podcast? Would we have to? Oh, you don't. We just have to like Skype. That. Yeah." I don't see us moving. I think Max is like drunkenly off the getting off the train in downtown Mokina. He was like, Oh, I like our little town of Mokina. And I was like, Alright. <laughs> we can stay here. That's kinda cute. Mokina's cute. It is cute. Orlin can suck my dick. Oh yeah. I didn't know that you were actually Orlin. I thought that you were Homer. I'm right the on the border. Yeah. I see I just consider you Homer. <laughs> You're Homer Glenn, okay? <laughs> I wish. But yeah, I can see it definitely being Orland. Yeah. And they're starting to build more stuff in Homer Glen because, like, Orland is that has a big shopping center mm-hmm. um, and all the restaurants and stuff. But they're starting to build more on, like, Bell Road. I'm just giving away my location. <laughs> <laughs> Don't murder me. Actually, <laughs> murder me, murder mm. me. Come and get it. Oh, God. Ugh. But. Yeah, so they're making it more easy to stay closer to the Homer area and not have to venture into Orland, because Orland sucks a fuck. It's a nightmare. It's a literal nightmare. Yeah. It's better now that it's, like, three lanes, 
on each side. Yeah. On LaGrange. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's still, still... And people just suck at driving. People myself were, included. I mean, I mean, I suck at driving, too. Look what I did to my car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a new one. I'm really proud of myself. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> no, it is a nice feeling of being able to be like, all right, I've, like, something happened. Yeah. But now I'm fixing it, and now I've got, like, now I have something new, and right. I'm back at life. Right. And that's, it was kind of rough, like, having that happen, then going on vacation, and then I was kind of dissociated from the reality of my life. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, fairy tales, oh, to, oh, beer, oh, wine, oh, countryside. Yeah. And wasn't left with much time to dwell and think about the actual consequences of my actions. Um, so I came back, and it was, like, immediately almost fell back into it all again, and I was like... Now I'm like, fuck that. So it's good that your trip happened when it happened. It is, because I did need that distraction, because I was, it was going pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but then I had a wake-up call. So now I'm hoping for the best. She's wide awake. I'm wide awake like Katy Perry. (laughs) Katy Perry's beautiful. I was just about to say, she's back now, She's like glowing, yeah. She's like got a bob, not Mm. a bob, it's like a little longer, but it's blonde, she looks great. Like, Russell Brand posted a picture of himself the other day, and he's all scraggly and disgusting. Yeah. And he's talking about, like, cell phones. And it's like, you broke up with Katy Perry while she was on tour on her cell phone. Like, you tried to... while well, you were married. And yeah. look at her now and look at you now. She's with Orlando Bloom. You're fucking womanizer. And she's friends with Taylor Swift again, so... I know! She's winning at life. Yeah. Taylor Swift's on SNL tonight. She is. Mm-hmm. Too really bad excited. I'll be drinking beer at Oktoberfest. Oh, it's like Oktoberfest. Why is it called that? Because toke. it's like toke, like toke. smoke weed and sound growler. They have in one of the tables at Sound Growler, it's like one of the really long table, like high top tables. And uh, like in the, I don't know, it's not laminate, but like, you know, like a resin. It's like that clear... Like, if you have a table like this, yes, and then yes, it's got yes, that yes, clear, yes. hard stuff around it. Yeah. Almost like fondant to a cake. But <laughs> you know what I'm table. talking about? <laughs> on a table. Yeah. But it has, like, a joint in it. Oh. Yeah. So they, like, put a, a joint in it, and then, like... That's funny. Yeah. And then they they sell, like, hitter boxes, like, sound growler hitter boxes there. What's a hitter box? Oh, a hitter box? <laughs> I'm like, oh... <laughs> Um, I'll explain it to you. So it's a, uh, it's like a little, it's like a little box and you have like a hitter, you know, like a little pipe. Yeah. Like a little straight shoot hitter and you keep it in there. But then I'm like, it's split in half. So on the other half of it is like a little like deep pocket where you like keep your ground up weed or tobacco or, you know, lavender or rosemary, whatever you want it to be. And, um... And then you can, like, pack it down there. But then, like, you, it's just, like, this little box that, like, you can keep in your pocket and walk around. I've seen that. I never, never knew what the, the technical term for it. I... Thank you. You're you're welcome. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by... Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I just got really sad because I realized that I'm almost out of my latte. I'm sorry. It's all right. Do they make a Trenta? No, only iced, huh? Yeah, what? Trenta. What's a Trenta? Bigger than a venti. No, there's no, what? But you can not, get a... Not for hot. I'm thinking about it. I think it's just for cold. There's such thing as a Trenta? Yes. I I'm mean... I'm gonna need light, light ice in that bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's way too much ice. Seriously, they put so they put so much ice in there. And if I order a green tea, an ice green tea, I get like five good sips out of that. I'm like, that's not a no. large drink. What do you? What's your go-to order at Starbucks? Lately, it's been an venti ice green tea with two stevias, but this is a hot tea because I'm sick, so it's mm. a venti hot green tea with two stevias. But let me tell you something: the pumpkin sweet cream cold brew. I want to try it. It is the best, best. Can with, we do that for uh, a video? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. It is amazing. Life, <laughs> life changing more so than Oktoberfest but less so than Auschwitz okay okay I see where <laughs> that's you my rating scale <laughs> oh my god okay listen to that so my cousin came with me on the trip I forget what I talked about in my in my solo podcast because I kind of black out and I ramble that's what happened to me too so if I'm repeating myself 
whatever. I don't give a fuck. My cousin came on the trip with me. And she's, like, just as weird as I am. Somehow, there's someone just like me on this planet. And, like, just as annoying as I am. So, we started asking. It would be, like, us in the backseat of, of a car because we were traveling so much. So, like, there'd be adults in the front, like, of a seven or eight person van. And it's me and Tori in the backseat just fucking around. And <laughs> we would do, like, weird shit. Like, which, how much would it cost for you to drink, like... Something, and we, like, make up a disgusting concoction. Mm-hmm. Like, how much money would someone have to pay you to do that? But then, weird questions, too. Like, this is my favorite one. And I've asked every person I've come in contact with since the trip and on the trip. So now I'm asking you. <gasps> do we want this to be our finisher? No, sorry. It's, keep going. <laughs> I forgot we used to do that. I know. That's just reminding me of Okay, keep going. Damn it. If Sasquatch... Wore shoes. What size shoe do you think that he would wear? <laughs> I'm talking like a pair of Nikes. I don't know like measurements. I th- I'm just going by like. <laughs> okay, okay. What's a guy's a guy's normal shoe size like? For if he's six foot tall, it's probably what like a size four. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna say like a size, like a 36. Okay, you're overshooting the average. A lot of people, oh. I, I would say the average is between 25 and 30 that people give me. Okay. So yeah, it's my favorite question. <laughs> I asked. I we have um a bar regular at Baracos that listens to my podcast. Shout out to Tom Hart if you're listening. <laughs> I love you. Um, I asked him that question last, or I asked him that on Tuesday, and then I asked someone he was with last night while I was bartending, and he goes, oh, there she goes again. <laughs> he thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> I, and, I mean, we kind of are. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's okay. but people listen to us, so it's like, there's yeah. either crazy people listening to us, or we're crazy and they're like, well, what the fuck are they up to what's this nonsense what would they write about us in the burn book oh god i don't want to know that's nightmares for me me too actually well i used to think that if i could have a superpower i'd want to be able to read people's minds but i really don't want to read people's minds because i don't want to know what they truly think me either that's terrifying i think we think the most awful things about ourselves though so that we think that other people are thinking awful things projections yeah yeah but like I don't know. I don't want it confirmed. Like, oh, no. I'm so annoying. I'm so annoying. And then I hear someone think, man, Stephanie's so annoying. And I'm like, hey, are you annoying? <laughs> yeah. You call me annoying? It's like, oh, wait, I know that I'm annoying. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weird thing about getting older, too. It's like, people, so, like, we have these thoughts about ourselves. At least I'm speaking from my own experience. So I have these thoughts about myself where I'm like, I'm weird. And I'm very weird. And the things I say are very weird. I feel you. And I know that. But, like, someone at work one time was, like, called me weird or something. And I was, like, thank you. But, like, when we were little, if someone was, like, you're weird. Oh, my God. No, I'm not. Yeah, you feel like you're, like, alone on an island by yourself. You're, like, why am I? Like, I'm a weirdo. What? (laughs) I don't want to be weird. But now it's, like, I am weird. You're right. And, too, like, if you don't get along with somebody, it's, like, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. You don't have to get along with everybody. There's way too many people on this planet. Yeah. You can't get along with everybody. You're not everyone's cup of tea. Exactly. And what's the and also trying like, to be? What's their issue? Yeah. You know, it's, it takes two to tango. Exactly. So. I can get along with mainly anybody unless they're a Trump supporter. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, because it says other things about the person. Yes. If you support Trump, I'm sorry, it says other things about your ethics and your morals and stuff. And I'm sure that people could say bad things about some of the things I believe in or like exactly or that I've done just or fine whatever. I can take it yeah but I'm sorry but no it's not like the same no. it's not the same like my beliefs and who I support and what I support for the most part yeah. I mean I know I've obviously made some mistakes but for the most part it it doesn't hurt other people yeah and it doesn't make other people feel like the tiniest human whereas like this is my issue with Trump supporters 
what he supports, what he preaches, what he says and does, and the way he acts at his rallies and on Twitter, he bullies people. Mm -hmm. And you're supporting... And what gets me the most is women. Yeah. Women who support Trump. I'm yeah. like, I look at them, I'm like, are you serious? I know. Especially with all the allegations. Whether yeah. you believe it or not, it's still like... You have on record... Like, we don't have to go into it, but like... Yeah. Because it's been said and done yeah. a long time ago, but like... There's recordings of him saying vile, nasty things that, like... I grab I'm by the sh- pussy and I make him do whatever I want. Yeah, so... Fuck you! Um, Speaking of spooky... Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> let's uh, let's cut to a break and we'll get into some creepypastas. Can't wait. That's oh. a really nice picture of Taylor Swift on your... Uh... <laughs> it's like a great photo. We're back. <laughs> We're back. We can't stop coughing. <laughs> we had to record and delete like 50 times because we just couldn't. We would just hashtag just can't. <laughs> but now we hashtag can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And yes, we're here with some creepypastas. What's a creepypasta, Taylor? So a creepypasta... <laughs> <laughs> so the internet says that a creepypasta are essentially internet horror stories mm-hmm. passed around on forums and other sites to disturb and frighten readers. The name creepypasta comes from the word copypasta, an internet slang term for a block of text that gets copied and pasted over and over again from website to website. Because that's what I always wondered, like, okay, well, I get that they're scary stories, but I'm like, where the fuck did the name creepypasta come from? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I never looked it up <laughs> until now. I know, the, the power, you know how many times I'll just be sitting there and I'll have a conversation with somebody or, like, be by myself, and I'm... Something, like, a thought comes to me, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. Or, like, why is that? And then I just keep wondering, and I have this in my fucking hand. We have the all the answers to any question. All the answers. To most of life's questions. Yeah. In the palm of our little hands. So... Little hands. <laughs> <laughs> why did you get so excited about little hands? What was that? I was thinking about Trump. I'm sorry. <laughs> he does sorry guys i think i got the thing that was in my throat the frog yeah (laughs) (laughs) felt like an asthma attack was coming on oh no it's still there all right great so all right settle in (laughs) last time we had fireplace oh yeah now you just get the 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 carbonation from my lacroix How nice. Relaxing. ASMR. Oh, we have to do an ASMR video. We do. Okay. (laughs) So, this is a story I do not tell often. I promise. Pause. What's it called? Uh, Oh. Um, it's not. It was in a comment section of another another story. Sorry for the interruption. (laughs) (laughs) But the the username on Reddit (laughs) is... Mom's Day Prepper. Excuse me. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. It's an interesting. He's username. getting he's getting prepped for um Mom's Mother's Day all of the time. Yeah, same. <laughs> all right. So this is a story I do not tell often. I promise sincerely that this has scar- scarred me for life. And although I have looked into psychological explanations for what I heard and natural explanations for what occurred, they remain unsatisfactory. When I was a child, I was scared of the dark. I swore to my mother I heard voices in it. They were not evil, but they were not familiar, so they scared me. It was not uncommon in the middle of the night for me to wake up and hear whispers, as I would call them, when when asking my mom. She figured that they were just bumps in the night in typical kids' nightmare material. I tried often to explain to her that it was more than that, that they sounded different from one another the way people's voices do. On some nights, I would get so scared from these whispers that I would sleep in my mom's bed with her. It was an added bonus that the bedroom or the that, that the bathroom was directly outside of her bedroom door for my late night t- tinkles. Sorry, that was <laughs> <laughs> breaking the spookiness. Ooh, tinkles. tinkles. I should add at this point that when walking out into the hallway to go to the bathroom, 
you look directly down the stairs that would lead you into my living room on the first floor, as my mom's bedroom was on the second floor. On one such night around Christmas, I awoke and felt the need to relieve myself. That's a lot better than tinkle. Tinkles. I cannot stop thinking of the word tinkle. <laughs> it's just like echoing in my head right now. Tinkles, tinkles, tinkles. <laughs> so, he, had, so he, he walked out from the door and distinctly heard the phrase, look. And to my astonishment, a red light. So he heard the phrase, look. And to his astonishment, a red light, almost like a spotlight, was cast upon the wall at the very bottom of the stairs. The light had no other source. It was by itself, and I was transfixed by it. Being a little kid, it was only being a few days from Christmas, I knew that this, what this light was. It was Santa. How, <laughs> how else could he get into my house to know I was being a good boy? I was so excited, I began walking down the stairs to greet him, picking up my pace after the second step, step as it began to creep off the wall and fade into the darkness of my living room. That's when I heard him. A very strong, masculine voice, different from the first, not at all like my father's. Not to say he isn't masculine, it's just distinctly different. <laughs> just, just so we know. Just so it's just clear. a disclaimer. <laughs> uh, it said, stop, right now, go up those stairs. I listened, turned around, and what happened next, I am not sure I would believe if someone had told me the same story. After reaching the top of the stairs, I heard a very loud crash that sent me running back into my mother's bed where I jumped straight under the covers and stayed there the whole night. When we awoke the next morning, the poinsettia lights, again, disclaimer, the little Christmas flower lights that, glow, <laughs> that glowed red. In case you don't know. <laughs> my mother had put on the railing down the stairs were pulled straight down to the bottom of the stairs. Some broken from what seemed like a forceful tear laying in a single pile. The dry sink in my living room had the dry sink in my living room had fallen from the wall. I'm not sure what a dry sink is. I know what a wet sink <laughs> in a living room, but it had fallen off the wall. Whatever that is, in the living room. Yeah. What the fuck is a dry sink? Fuck. Let us know in the comments. Below. Yeah. Let us. <laughs> Uh, my mother could not explain it. My father was worried, and we had been the victims of a home invasion. My sister was crying. There was nothing missing. Nobody had broken in. There had not seemed to be any reason this had happened. And then I saw it, and I kept quiet about it because I was so afraid that I could not force words out of my mouth. There, on the edge of the wooden, dr the wooden dry sink, which had been facing up, there were three indentations where the finish on the wood had been worn, almost if it had been in a forceful grip. Something down there had grabbed it and threw it down. That's what that big bang was. I was mortified. After that day, I had never heard a single voice again. I do not like to imagine what was waiting downstairs for me that night, if it was anything at all, but I can tell you that the reality was something had physically acted upon two things in my house near the bottom of that stairwell. After reading this, or after after this, I had never heard another whisper again, which is sad because in some ways I would have liked to thank the man that had stopped me from going down those stairs. This happened when I was like seven. And then disclaimer again, or seven and a half, as I like to say at the time. Is this a true story? He said, oh, well, he just says, I am, or she. Mom's day. It's mom's day, prepper. <laughs> I don't know why I automatically thought that it was a guy. But I'm 20 years old now, and because of this incident, I'm still afraid of the dark, especially stair shadowy stairwells. Well, first of all, the man you need to thank clearly is Santa Claus. Yeah. Because Santa stopped you from going down the <laughs> So you just gotta go to any local mall around Christmas time mm -hmm. and give him a thank you. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was your real dad. I'm just kidding. I have pictures of the boy reading that, too, because he said tinkle. And I don't think I've ever heard a girl say tinkle. I do like, tinkle. Actually, no, that, like, never mind. I don't. Tinkle. I, I don't if know. It depends now. on the age. Yeah. But I saw this as, like, a 12-year-old. Boy. Boy. Me too. Mom, I have to go take a tinkle. I don't know. Ah. Uh, <laughs> this doesn't matter anyways. Boy, girl, alien, binary, whatever you want to. That's just, like. It's like when you're little, or even now, like, in your home alone, and you're upstairs, and you hear 
something downstairs and it's like a thump mm. and you're like ah and you freak. that's happened to me like way more often than not and I have to like call I'm like should I call the police I think there's someone in my house yeah it's like, no we live in a big house like something whatever but it could be someone in your house because I watch a, listen to a lot of true crime shit I know and, like, you you can never be sure you can never be too and that's why we listen to those true crime things so we know what to do in those situations do I ever do the right thing no no just lock myself in my bedroom and cry. Yeah. It's better than, like... Because if you're going to die... If there is somebody in your house, I would rather not look for them. I'd rather stay where I am. And let them come to you? Yeah. Because then you have an advantage. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that, that gave me the heebie-jeebies because it's like <laughs> walking through a haunted house and, like, you're the act of walking and something's going to jump out at you. Mm. So, like, that gives me extreme... That's why I don't go to haunted houses because I, like, punch anything that jumps out at me. But I don't like the thought of, like, something lurking and watching you and then, like, making its pounce. Yeah. I would rather stay and have it come to me, too. And then when it did, like, be running from it. I don't know. Who knows? What are you going to do? Die. Yeah. <laughs> it I'm comes so into my room and I'm just, so like, and I'm just like, all right, here I am. Do have what you need to do. Yeah. Not have your way with me. That was rapey. <laughs> oh my. It was rapey. I didn't like that. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. I just meant, like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant by have your way with me. Okay. Mine is called There's Somebody in My Closet. Oh no. Oh god. See, this one doesn't isn't going to scare me as much for me personally because there's not enough room in my closet <laughs> for anyone to be. But imagine if there were. Oh god. Just got home after a, 12, after a 12 hour shift. All I want to do is climb into my bed, but there's something bothering me. I just have a feeling that there's something wrong. Maybe I'm just being stupid. Maybe it's just because I'm tired. I decide to watch a movie to try to shake this feeling. Maybe if I take my mind off of it, then I'll forget about it. I decide to put on my favorite movie to calm my nerves. It gets to about halfway through the movie. And it's about 3 a.m. now. All of a sudden, there's a massive bang that came from the bedroom. I pause the movie, sit in silence, and listen for another sound. As I'm sitting there, I get this feeling that someone's watching me. This feeling gets so intense that I decide to look around my apartment. The first thing that I notice that's out of place is my bathroom door. The bathroom door is shut and I always leave it open because I'm so paranoid. So paranoid that I think someone is going to be hiding behind my bathroom door. Oh, maybe I just forgot that I closed it before I left for work this morning. Alternatively, maybe it's just where I am so tired. Perhaps when I have had some more sleep, I will remember and stop being so paranoid. This is exactly how I get when like I hear stuff and then I make things up in my head. That's, mm-hmm. It's just like anxiety like... That door wasn't like that. Or was it? Was it? I, maybe I'm just tired. I'm losing my mind. Mm-hmm. I walk back into the living room, throw myself down on the couch, and unpause the movie. Two minutes later, I hear a slight tapping on the wall that is directly behind the couch. I then turn to where the tapping is coming from, and I work out that the tapping is coming from my bedroom. But how would it be possible my closet covers a section of the wall that the tapping is coming from? I then stand up from the couch and face the wall, pause the movie once again, and walk over to the wall, press my ear up against it so I can hear the tapping. I press my ear against the wall as hard as I can, but as soon as I do that, the tapping stops. I keep my ear pressed against the wall just in case the tapping starts up again. Five minutes goes by, by, then the tapping starts up again. But the thing that is tapping doesn't sound like fingertips. It sounds like metal tapping against the wall. At this point, I now have fully woken up as it has now come to me I'm not being paranoid. There is someone in my house and they are hiding in the closet in my bedroom. But before I manage to pull my ear away from the wall, I suddenly hear, come and find me, Sadie. Oh, hold on. (laughs) Oh, I then get a chill down my spine. How does he know my name? I have not left anything with my name on it. (laughs) Has he been watching me for weeks to know my work schedule? just so that he can break into my apartment. I then pull my ear away from the wall, step back slowly while trying to make my stiff legs move. I need to try and think of what I'm gonna do. I need to get out of my apartment, but my bag's in my bedroom and I don't wanna go in there because if I do, I'll end up dead. However, what if I'm imagining things and my mind's playing tricks on me? What if I'm just hearing things? Okay, I need to be an adult. I need to stand my ground, investigate my room, 
But first I go to the kitchen and grab my big sharp knife out of the drawer. I then walk to my bedroom door and put my hand on the door handle and turn the light on. First I check under my bed that there's no one hiding there. Then I stand up and walk over to my closet. I place my hand slowly on the handle, grip the knife in my other hand tightly as possible. I slowly start to open my closet door, preparing myself to what I'm going to become face to face with. This could be a dream. I could be asleep on the couch. All this could just be a nightmare. I wish it was right now because I'm not ready to face this person that's hiding in my closet. The closet door opens slowly. As the door opens, I raise the hand with the knife in it and then stop when the knife is chest level. The closet door opens fully and I see nothing. Nobody inside hiding. I'm just hallucinating things and noises because I'm tired. Did the person just move before I came into my room to inspect everything? Oh no, what if when I was checking under the bed, they ran out of the room and my back was turned so I, I couldn't find them. I close the closet door and I run into the living room to make sure that nobody is now hiding and they're waiting for me. I check behind the couch first. There's nobody hiding behind there. And my kitchen is so small that I can see that nobody's in there. I just shrug it off, put the knife back in the drawer, walk over to the TV and turn off the movie. I just decide to call it quits. I decide to go and lay in bed until I fall asleep, which hopefully will not take me too long. Are you kidding me? How can you... Mm-mm. How is that even a thought in your head? Like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, no. Um, I would be like, mom, can I come sleep over at your house? I think there's somebody in my, in my apartment. Yeah, I would not stay in my apartment. <clears throat> I walk into the bathroom to wash off my makeup and to clean my teeth. But as I'm doing that, I hear the tapping. But this time, I hear it coming from the other side of my bedroom door. I turn to my bedroom door, toothbrush still in mouth, and then walk over to the door once again, place my ear up against the door. Once again, I then hear, come and find me, Sadie. I feel my spine tingle once again as I hear my name said in a deep, demonic tone, like Satan himself has come to murder me. But I know it's not Satan, because if it were... My room would be on fire. (laughs) (coughs) Wow. I can smell a really abnormal smell coming from my bedroom. It smells like rotting flesh. Flesh that has been rotting for a month. But how can that be possible when I went into my room and I didn't see a dead body? I decide to shrug it off. (laughs) And I walk away from my bedroom door so that I spit my toothpaste out. I rinse my mouth out with cold water to make sure that all of the toothpaste is gone. I then open my bedroom door and walk over to my bed and I climb onto it. Now I'm sitting in bed. I smell the rotting flesh even more. Mm. So I quickly check under my bed once more before I turn the light off. There's nothing there. So I turn the light off and I lay down and shut my eyes so that I get this nightmare over and done with. I suddenly get this fear once again that someone's watching me, but I just lay there nice and still. Then I stretch my leg out. I, as I do that, my leg gets halfway, and I suddenly feel something at the end of my bed with my toes, and then I hear, I found you, Sadie. I then feel my foot being cut off and my leg, and I start to scream. I then turn the light on, and I see this man standing at the end of my bed, dressed like a clown mm. with a meat cleaver. Mm. On the clown's face is someone else's face, which mm. means he cut off his last victim, and then he placed onto his face, and that's where the smell of rotting flesh is coming from. The clown finally cuts through my ankle. He then throws my foot mm. onto the floor. He begins to walk up to the side of the bed towards me, looks down at me, and begins to do a deep demonic laugh. Then he raises the meat cleaver, and the places in on my neck. Oh, and then places it on my neck and slits my throat. You should have come and played with me in the closet, Sadie. I was hiding. I was just a clown that wanted to play. We was meant to play hide and go seek. I had to kill you because you made me mad that you did not come and find me when I asked you to. You made needles angry. Demonic laughter. Ha 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 ha. Bye bye for now. Oh my god. That was deep dark. What? <laughs> oh. That We're took a turn. That's <laughs> the the best part about this is all the typos and like when whenever <laughs> I said here, here was H E R E every time. So it's just like very phenomenal writing. Oh um, yeah. All in all. Yeah, that's the thing about the internet. <laughs> <clears throat> I love it. 
Whew. I love creepy pastas. They're so ridiculous. Yeah. And then, but sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I know more, more, most of these are fake, like made up. But then I'm like, who could anyone have like a ghost story or like something that's yeah. like truly happened to them or like a creepy thing? And they're like, hey, here's a story. Yeah, exactly. So you never know what's real and what's not. I wonder if um, Needles the Clown wrote that story. I I mean, I wonder. Fucking Needles. <laughs> so, I mean, moral of that story, like, with Aesop's Fables, you have these morals. If you hear someone in your closet, go play with them. Yeah. And you won't be dead. <laughs> Alright. My last story. My house was built in 1904. It was a single-family home, wood frame setting, and a concrete block foundation. I had been living there here for about 12 years. All of, the, all of the weird things that my siblings and me have seen or heard in this house, this one event is my favorite. This happened to my brother. About 10 years ago, my brother and his best friends had started a garage band mostly playing Spanish rock, alternative music, but in Spanish. His friends could only get together on Sunday afternoons. They had practiced into the early evening, and they would usually call it quits by about 8 p.m. This was the time I usually showed up and went to bed because I worked the graveyard shift. If you worked the graveyard shift, what are you getting <laughs> home by 8 p.m.? That doesn't okay. make any sense. No, that doesn't make any sense. But um, <laughs> this happened in the late fall, so the days were getting shorter, and they had just finished a long session when the dis- when the decision to head to someone else's house came about. My brother handed his car keys to his buddy so they could load up the equipment. Everyone had filled out, filed out of the basement. The tricky... Oh, it's the writing. The yeah, grammar. I know. That's what, like, chokes me up, too, because I'm like, mm. Yeah, I'm like, that's not... This isn't <laughs> smooth right now. Um, <laughs> Do you have a peer editor, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> the tricky part was that they needed to walk all the way all the way to the back of the basement, up the back stairs, through the kitchen doorway, down the hall, into the living room, and out into the front porch. Everyone was outside, sitting in my brother's truck, waiting for him. My brother was walking back up... uh, My brother was walking up the back stairs when he remembered that he had left his pancakes... Pancakes. (laughs) Pancakes. ...in a to-go container, sitting on a speaker in the basement. He had the decision to go back. Now to now the basement is not clean with full sight lines. There had been partitions made and the boiler and main heating unit are right smack in the middle. So after my brother walks back, he is about to retrie- he is about to retrieve his food container when out of the corner of his eye wait, when out of the corner of his eye he sees it. It's a shadowy figure, right at his peripheral vision, this feeling of dread and uneasiness washing over his face. He had been taught that if you were in the presence of a spirit or a ghost and you felt a bad vibe to say quick prayer and to cuss it and to cuss at it. <laughs> I don't think that's what you're supposed to do, no. but <laughs> my brother chose the latter. He basically just told it, Hey, fuck you, I don't <laughs> t- I don't have time for this shit. I don't have time nobody got time for that. <laughs> My brother started to walk back, walk, to walk to the back of the basement and briskly up the stairs, closing doors and turning off the lights as he was walking out. The last light switch is on the opposite side of the front door. Luckily, the door was open and the light from the street lamp was flooding the living room with its amber light. My brother said he felt something at the back of his neck, but at no point did he turn around. As he flicked the last switch, the living room went dark and the rest of the house. As he stepped out, he pulled on the door, closing it behind him, still holding his food container in one hand. He jogged down the few porch steps. As he walked toward the front gate, our house resides far from the main street, essentially having a large front yard, but no rear garage. Sorry, they're run-on sentences like a motherfucker. (laughs) As he closed the gap between himself and his friend, laden truck, he kind of smiled and thought things over his head. Mad at himself for spooking out when there was no reason. He climbed into the driver's side of the truck, putting on a seatbelt and getting ready to pull out of the parking spot directly in front of the house. When one of his friends asks, hey, hey, wait, what about, hey, wait, what about your brother? Isn't he coming with us? My brother answered, 
My brother answered, what do you mean? He went to work early tonight. He is already gone. Do you see his car anywhere? The next question they asked, so then who was walking behind you when you were leaving the house? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the end? Yeah. shit it's so bad but here's the bad here's <laughs> the, love this shit. the initial uh comment on that story was i held my breath throughout the whole thing breathe a sigh of relief when he got in the truck and sucked all that air back in when his friends started talking what? and then somebody commented to that good keep doing that it's called breathing it helps <laughs> and then somebody commented on the um, they would usually call it quits by 8 p.m. This was the time I usually showed up because I worked the graveyard shift. Somebody put, oh, wait, what? You show up at 8 p.m. <laughs> and you go to bed because you work a graveyard shift? And then, and, and then are you not the brother that goes to work at night? Like, the story just doesn't make sense. I, but I wanted to share it. Remember after our last episode... Uh, creepypasta episode and I sat there and I was like listen to these stories and I read them to you and I was like we're, we were both like these don't make any fucking sense. Yeah. We're like what is the what is the point? The, the stories don't make any fucking sense. Mm-mm. I mean I like the internet because it allows people to like feel like writers but like yeah. do better. But nobody not you're, you're not all stars. <laughs> you're not all Stephen King. No. Um. Alright this one's kind of long. So we're going to go off on like a, and like the endings, I like the ending in this a lot. Okay. Which is why I want to commit to reading it. But, excuse me if I get choked up, I'm very flummy. <laughs> She's so flummy. I'm so flummy. Um, spooky season doesn't do well with my um, sinuses. Okay, this one's called The Russian Sleep Experiment. Ooh. I know. Ooh. I know. Okay. <coughs> Russian researchers in the late 40s kept five people awake for 15 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas didn't kill them, since it was toxic in high concentrations. This was before closed-circuit cameras, so they had only microphones and five-inch thick glass porthole-sized windows into the chamber to monitor them. The chamber was stocked with books, cots to sleep on, but no bedding running water and toilet, and enough dried food to last all five for over a month. The test subjects were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Everything was fine for the first five days. The subjects hardly complained, having been promised falsely that they would be freed if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly traumatic incidents in their past, and the general tone of their conversations took on a darker aspect after the four-day mark. After five days, they started to complain about circumstances and events that led them to where they were and started to demonstrate severe paranoia. They stopped talking to each other and began alternately whispering into the microphones and the one-way mirrored portholes. Oddly, they all seemed to think they could win the trust of the experiment or the experimenters by turning over their comrades, the other subjects in captivity with them. At first, the researchers suspected that this was an effect of the gas itself. After nine days, the first of them started screaming. He ran the length of the chamber, repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. He continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. The researchers postulated that he had physically torn his vocal cords. The most surprising thing about his behavior is how the other captives reacted to it, or rather didn't react to it at all. They continued whispering to the microphones until the second of the captives started to scream. The two non-screaming captives took the books apart, smeared page after page with their own feces, and pasted them calmly over the glass portholes. The screaming promptly stopped. So did the whispering to the microphones. After three more days, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working, since they thought it was impossible that no sound could be coming with five people inside. 
The oxygen consumption into the chamber indicated that all five must still be alive. In fact, it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a very heavy level of strenuous exercise. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers did something they said they would not do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any response from the captives they were afraid were either dead or vegetables. They announced, we're opening the chamber to test the microphone, step away from the door and lie flat on the floor or you'll be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom. To their surprise, they heard a single phrase in a calm voice response. We no longer want to be freed. Debate broke out among the researchers and the military forces funding the research. Unable to provoke any more response using the intercom, it was finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and filled with fresh air, and immediately voices from the microphone began to object. Three different voices began begging as if pleading for the life of loved ones to turn the gas back on. The chamber was open and soldiers sent in to retrieve the test subjects. They began to scream louder than ever, and so did the soldiers when they saw what was inside. Four of the five subjects were still alive, although no one could rightly call the state that any of them were in life. The food rations past day five had not been so much as touched. There were chunks of meat from the dead test subjects' thighs and chest stuffed into the drain in the center of the chamber, blocking the drain and allowing four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. Precisely how much of the water on the floor was actually blood was never determined. All four surviving test subjects also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. The destruction of flesh and exposed bone on their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by their hands, not with teeth as the researchers initially thought. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most of it, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. The abdominal organs below the rib cage of all four test subjects had been removed, while the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place. The skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off, exposing the lungs through the rib cage. All the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of the subjects. The digestive tracts of all four could be seen to be working, digesting food. It quickly became apparent that what they were digesting was their own flesh that they had ripped off and eaten over the course of days. Most of the soldiers were Russian special operatives at the facility, but still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. They continued to scream to be left in the chamber and alternately begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on lest they fall asleep. To everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out, another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off and an artery in his leg severed by one of the subject's teeth. Another five of the soldiers lost, lost their lives if you count ones that committed suicide in the weeks following this incident. In the struggle, one of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured and bled out almost immediately. The medical researchers attempted to sedate him, but that proved impossible. <clears throat> he was injected with more than 10 times the human dose of a morphine derivative and still fought like a cornered animal, breaking the ribs and arms of one doctor. When his heart was seen to beat, when heart was seen to beat for a full two minutes after he had bled out to the point there was more air in his vascular system than blood. Even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three more minutes, struggling to attack anyone in reach and repeating the word more over and over weaker and weaker until he finally fell silent. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. The two with intact vocal cords continuously begging for the gas, demanding to be kept awake. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical, surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative they had given him to prepare him for the surgery. He fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to be put him under. He managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist, even through the weight of a 200-pound soldier holding that wrist as well. It took only a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. 
in the autopsy of the test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had tripled the normal level of oxygen. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had broken nine bones in his struggle to not be subdued, most of them from the force of his own muscles he had exerted on them. The second survivor had been the first of the group of five to start screaming. His vocal cords destroyed, he was unable to beg or object to surgery, and he only reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when the anesthetic gas was brought near him. He shook his head yes when someone suggested, reluctantly, that they try the surgery without anesthetic, and did not react for the entire six-hour procedure, replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to recover to cover them with what remained of his skin. The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be medically impossible for the patient to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting with the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. When the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling. Assuming this must be something of a drastic importance, the surgeon had a pen and pat pen and pad fetched so the patient could write his message. It was simple. Keep cutting. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without anesthetic as well, although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation. The surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously. Once paralyzed, the subjects could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared their system in an abnormally short period of time and they were soon trying to escape their bonds. The moment they could speak, they were asking for the stimulant gas. The researchers tried asking why they had injured themselves, why they had ripped off their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas again. Only one response was given. I must remain awake. All three subjects' restraints were reinforced and they were placed back into the chamber, awaiting determination as to what should be done with them. The researchers facing the wrath of the military benefactors for having failed the stated goals of their project considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commanding officer, an ex-KGB, instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. The researchers strongly objected but were overruled. In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip that they were going back on the gas. It was obvious that at this point, all three were putting up a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all his might, first left, then right, then left again for something to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired for EEG, most of the researchers were monitoring his brain waves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he were repeatedly suffering brain death before returning to normal. As they focused on paper scrolling out of the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same moment his head hit the pillow. His brainwaves immediately changed to that of deep sleep, sleep, then flatlined for the first time as his heart simultaneously stopped. The only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwaves showed the same flatlines as the one who had just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside, as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew his gun and shot the commander point blank between the eyes, then turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed his gun at the remaining subject, still restrained to a bed, and the remaining members of the medical and research team fled the room. I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you. He screamed at the man strapped to the table. What are you? He demanded. I must know. The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily? The subject asked. We are you. We are the madness that lurks within all of you, begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go into the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. 
the researcher paused, then aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out, so nearly free. Isn't that intense? Wow. I know. At first I was like, I was reading it. I was like, oh my God, like there's so many details. Like it's so long. Then I got to the end and I was like, that's deep. Yeah. That was spooky. spooky. That's a spooky one. I know. That was one of the top ones when I Googled it. Wow. I need a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Let us know <laughs> if you really enjoyed that one. That was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Sorry it was so long. I hope you made it through that and you're not too scared to go to sleep. You <laughs> won't die in your sleep. No. I like that. We are what sedate you into silence and paralysis when you go into the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. Oh, that was good shit. Yeah. I'm like sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. Well, I don't know what to say after that. I know. <laughs> Honestly, it's just kind of like cut it there. I know. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, oh. But our plan for October, guys, is to do spooky things for spooky season. So As many spooky things as possible. Yeah. So get ready. Strap in, soldiers. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. I, Sometimes I say things out loud and people are like, Stephanie, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I, you're, you're asking the wrong person because I don't I know. do it all the time, too. Seriously. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> love you guys. Comment, rate, subscribe. <laughs> share with a friend or family member. If you made it through this long, bless yourself. Yeah. You're amazing. You just got like 10 karma points. 50. I'm going to up it to 50. Okay. Good, okay. Kar- good karma. Good karma. Yeah. Okay. All right. Peace. Bye.